I'd like for you to turn to Matthew chapter 1, verse, beginning at verse 18, is where our text will be at this morning. Matthew chapter 1, uh, beginning at verse 18. And this is what it says. It says, this is how the birth of Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man, he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Take Mary home to, to be your wife, because she is conceived from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When jo Joseph woke up, he did what the angel had commanded him, and he took Mary home to be his wife, but he had no union with her until she had given birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Let's pray. Father... Thank you for these words that are recorded by Matthew through your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your son, Jesus. And I pray today that we would just be reminded of who Jesus is, uh, of what he's done, and how he can be each one of our uh, saviors. So, Lord, just uh, work in our hearts today through this message. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. So, Matthew here in, in his book... He begins his account of the life of Christ by reminding us in chapter 1 of who Jesus is as a person, as a human, showing us Jesus' earthly lineage, because Matthew knew the importance of his Jewish audience, uh, the importance of understanding lineage. You notice when Jaron got up this morning, he explained to us just a little bit of his, his lineage. He said, I am Ed and Betty Miller's son because we want to know. When somebody asks me who I am, uh, especially if, when I'm in Sarasota, Florida, I say, well, whose son are you? So I figure I might as well go back, so I'll tell them I'm Sandy's, Valley's, Andy's, Dwayne. You see, I have to go back because, because lineage is important to us. We want to know where people come from. And to the Jewish audience, they wanted to know where Jesus came from. They wanted to know his history, who his um, parents were, and, and, and on down. But Matthew quickly moves from Jesus' humanity to, in verse 18, to his deity, telling us who Jesus is from, 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 a, from God's perspective, who, that the, Jesus is the Son of God. And Jesus, in Matthew 22, is, is, is having a conversation with his disciples, with, with some Pharisees, and he says, what do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? This is the most important question that any person, that every person in every age will ask themselves. Who is Jesus? You know, I heard a little guy in church uh, a couple weeks ago um, was asked, who's Jesus? And he said, he's the guy in the book at the church. Now, that's funny for a little guy. 
But for too many people, that is the reality of their lives. Jesus is just the guy in the book at the church. So who is Jesus to you? A lot of the world struggles with with Jesus. Many people believe and are okay if we tell them he is the son of David, that, that David was an ancestor of his. But when you tell them, when you say that he is the son of God, then people begin to struggle. Well, how can he be the son of man and the son of God? But Matthew realizes the importance of clarifying this fact. And so after he explains the lineage of where Jesus came from, of who Joseph's family was, in Luke it tells you who Mary's line was. But he says in verse 18, he says, this is how the birth of Christ came about. Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. Then he says, she was found to be with child through what? Through the Holy Spirit. The Word had become flesh. God had become man. You know, John tells us the, the, the Christmas story in one sentence. He says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That's the reality of what, of what Matthew is saying here. He says, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. God was with us in the form of a human being. And have you ever thought about the fact that, that God limited himself to Mary's womb? The God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who created everything, was now in the womb of a human mother. He had limited himself to that place. Now, between verses 18 and verses 19, Mary had to tell Joseph. And I've often wondered, so how did this, how long did Mary wait to do this? Because in, you know, in the book of Luke, it says that when Mary found out, she, she took off and went to her cousin Elizabeth and spent three months with her. So, so did Mary tell Joseph before she went up, or did she wait till she got, till she got back to, to, to break this news to Joseph? And then, you know, what do you think Mary, I was wondering, what was Mary sort of processing you know, so what, what will Joseph think? How will I explain this to him? Will he believe that, that, that this baby that's in me is, is from the Holy Spirit? How, how will Joseph feel? But verse 19 tells us how Joseph reacted. It says, because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man... He did not want to expose her to public disgrace, but he had in mind to divorce her quietly. You see, when in this culture, when a husband was engaged, when, when a man and woman were engaged or betrothed, it was basically, it was equivalent to a marriage. And the only way to break this engagement was, was to divorce um, the other person. And so Mary and Joseph were committed to each other. The only thing that, that they needed to do is to consummate this marriage physically. And they hadn't moved in together. They hadn't consummated it physically, but they were basically married. But it says that before they came together, in other words, before they had physical relationship, she was found to be with child. 
And Matthew adds, from the Holy Spirit to remind us, to tell his audience that something supernatural had happened here. And Joseph doesn't find out that it's from the Holy Spirit until later. And put yourself in Joseph's shoes. You know, you've asked this woman to marry you. She says yes. And now you find out that this this girl that you love is pregnant. And you know that you've not had any physical relationship with her. And clearly she's been involved with another man because she has been found to be with child. So Joseph has two options. He can either publicly disgrace her or he can privately divorce her. And verse 20 says, After he had considered this, all of his options, and he was going to put her away quietly, it says, An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because... What is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Again, Matthew reminding us that this was something supernatural. Joseph beginning to understand this was something supernatural had happened. That that Mary, who he was going to divorce quietly, she had been, it says, conceived from the Holy Spirit. Mary will give birth to a son. A son that Joseph had nothing to do with as far as bringing him about. And yet, in his dream, he's told, Joseph, you, the adoptive father, you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. If you're Joseph, think about this incredible announcement That Joseph marries having a son that was supernaturally conceived. And Joseph, you are going to be responsible to give him his name. You will be responsible for him. He will be your son to care for. And you will give him the name Jesus. Which means Yahweh. Or the Lord saves. And then verse 22 tells us all of this, all of these events that we have just read about took place to fulfill what the Lord had said would happen through the prophet. Remember Isaiah 7.14, and then Matthew quotes Isaiah 7.14. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and he will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And says, when Joseph awoke, he did exactly what the angel of the Lord had commanded him to do. Picture of obedience. Joseph didn't ask questions. He had no conditions. He didn't say, let me pray about it first. He just said, he just did it. Verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded, and he took Mary home to be his wife. 
but he had no union with her until she had given birth to a son, and he, Joseph, gave him the name Jesus. So who is Jesus? Well, he's the biological son of Mary, which makes him human, one of us. Matthew never refers to to Jesus as Joseph's son. He merely says, in the lineage, he says, Joseph, the husband of Mary. Why? Because Jesus was not Joseph's son. He was the son of God. He had been miraculously conceived through the Holy Spirit. Physically, he was the son of Mary, a virgin woman, but he was also the son of God. Incredible mystery. And at John 3.16, John tells us, Jesus said, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He said, whoever believes on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, all of us have a decision to make when we ask the question, who is Jesus? We either acknowledge that he is the Son of God and have everlasting life, or we deny that he is the Son of God, and and then verse 18 says, whoever whoever believes is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned. Do you believe? And this news the angel told us in Luke chapter 2 is for all people. That's you and I. That's all of us. This good news. But back to who is Jesus? Well, Jesus was, because he was born a child, he was fully human. I think sometimes we forget, we, 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 we make Jesus just God. But Jesus was fully human. The night he was born, he cried. You know, we're going to sing Silent Night, but, but all of you that have had children, you know that when they are birthed, they cry. And they poop. And they pee. And they do all of those things. Jesus did all all of those things because he was very human. He was born just like us. He possessed the full range of human characteristics just like us. Physically, his body needed to be fed. His body needed to rest. His body grew just like ours does. In Luke 2 it says, his mind grew in wisdom. So he he had to grow and mature. He didn't come out just speaking truth and and, and knowing all the answers to all the questions. He had to grow in wisdom. He learned the same way that all other children learn. And Matthew shows us throughout his book all of the ways that Jesus possessed this full range of human emotion. 
You know, Jesus, he's troubled in spirit, Matthew tells us. He's, he's sorrowful. He, he cries real tears. He laughed. He enjoyed life. But he experienced all of the struggles, all of the, the, the physical and mental anxieties and emotional anxieties that we, he experienced a full range of all of these emotions. You see, our Savior is familiar with everything that we have, have experienced. He can relate to everything that you have gone through. You know, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, it says, For we have a high priest, speaking of Jesus, who is, una- who, who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we, have, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. He's experienced everything we have experienced. He was born of a woman as the Son of Man, so Jesus was fully human. That's who Jesus was. But, you have to ask again, so who is Jesus? Not why well, he was fully human, but Jesus is also fully divine. This incredible mystery that as the Son of God, Jesus is also fully divine. At the same time, he is the Son of God and he is the Son of Man. He is fully human and fully divine. And in Matthew, we see his humanity, but we also see his deity coming out, his godlike characteristics coming out. We see Jesus in, in, in the Gospels. We see him healing and cleansing lepers. We see him uh, restoring sight to blind people and making the lame to walk and forgiving sin. That's his deity. We see his command over nature when he rebukes the winds. And this is one of the examples where you see his humanity and his deity together. In Matthew chapter Chapter 8, verse 24, remember, Jesus was, was with his disciples in a boat going across the lake, and, and all of a sudden this, this incredible storm came up, and, and the disciples were being rocked back and forth, and, and they were scared to death. And it says the disciples, they went and they woke up Jesus because Jesus had been doing ministry, and so he was tired, so he was down underneath in the boat, and he was sleeping because he was human. And yet when the disciples went down and got him, it says in Matthew 8, 24, it says, when they, they got him, he says, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? But it says, then he got up, he rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. We saw his humanity in his sleeping. We saw him getting up and commanding the wind to be quiet. And we see his deity. And the disciples look and say, who is this guy? They were even surprised at his deity. Because he was born a human, he is able to fully identify with us. And at the same time, he is fully able to identify as God because he is fully divine. 
fully human, fully God. And when you put those two together, you realize that the incarnation is the most extraordinary miracle in the Bible, actually the most extraordinary miracle in all of history that God could become and be man. Full of humanity and full of deity. An incredible mystery when you think about it. How are we supposed to understand this? God and man in one person. I can't explain that to you. I must have faith. The reality is that the gospel, this is the reality in the Gospels, his deity and humanity are the reality. And it seems so incomprehensible by much of the world, and yet to those who believe, it is an irresistible truth. Jesus is irresistible when we believe this truth. That the infinitely great God, mighty in power, out of his love came to us to save us of our sins. He came, Matthew says, to heal the sick, to feed the hungry, to bind up the brokenhearted. He came to you and me so that we can we can give our burdens to him. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. This is Jesus. This is our Savior, fully man and fully God who is fully irresistible when we trust and believe this incredible truth. He is God with us. He came to deliver us from our captivity. John 3.17 says that, that God did not Jesus said this, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but save the world through him. Jesus came to save you and me. That's why he became man. That's why he chose to limit himself so that he could become one of us. He came to rescue. He came to a a sin-stained world for sin-stained men and women like us to take the penalty of sin upon himself so that we didn't have to experience that. You and I, because of our sinful nature, were separated from God. 
cut off, deserving death. And yet 2,000 years ago when Jesus Christ came, he came to solve that, to take care of that problem for us. He came through a virgin birth. He is among us. He lived a life that we could not live. He died a death that we deserved. And then he rose from the grave, conquering the enemy that we could not conquer. That is death. There is no greater story and no greater reality in all of the world than this. And this is the magnitude of what we celebrate in the birth of Jesus Christ. You know, we're not just celebrating this season the birth of a baby. And don't get too caught up. Family activities, family dinners, family parties, company parties, those are all okay. There's nothing wrong with those. But please don't get so caught up in that that we forget the reality of the incredible gift that was given us, the magnitude of this incredible gift. It was more than just a baby coming. It was God becoming man. Who is Jesus to you? All of us have to answer that question. And for all of us, it has eternal implications. And if Jesus is just the guy in the book at the church, you have no hope. He's not just the guy in the book at the church. He is God. He was God with us, and he came to die for us. As Jesus said in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, so loved you and I, that he gave his son. And it is that son that we are celebrating. But we have to make a choice. Do we believe that he is the Son of God? Do we believe that, that he came to die for our sins? Do we believe that he was fully God and fully man? And you know, the news is as indescribably great today as it was 2,000 years ago in that field in a hill in Bethlehem when the angel appeared to the, to, the, to the shepherds and he said, I bring you good news of great joy that is for all people. That's still good news today. He's, he's shouting that to us today. I bring you good news through Jesus. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord says that the, the shepherds heard this good news and it says that they ran off to see this thing that they had heard. And after they had encountered Jesus, 
It says they spread the word concerning what had been told them about the child. It says, and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And my prayer for us for myself is that as I understand this good news that is for all people that, that a Savior has been born for me that I would glorify and praise God everywhere that I go. That when I go to work, when I go um, to the gym, if I ever would, um, I want to praise Him. Because he is worthy of my praise. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus to you? The guy in the book? Or the Savior of the world? My prayer is that he is your Savior. You've met him. And that you will glorify and praise him. And glorify and praise him with us this morning. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up, and we're going to take time in rejoicing at the coming of our King, Emmanuel, God with us. Pray with me. Father, I thank you for this incredible, incredible truth that you sent your son 2,000 years ago through a virgin mother to be God with us to, to, to take the sacrifice of sin upon himself so that we could have eternal life. And Father, I pray as we receive that, as we believe that, we would rejoice. Lord, this morning, let us rejoice together at this incredible truth that we have a Savior.